Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I need to get this intro wrapped up so I can watch Wayne's World. I already put off recording this thing because I was watching Romancing the Stone and opening up my new Predator Blade Fighter from NECA, which I got for 20 bucks from Toys R Us. Uh, if you don't know, this thing was over a hundred bucks when it first came out, and for whatever reason, well, I know why it didn't sell. It's because it's a hundred and eight dollar toy of an obscure Kenner vehicle that you know NACO is. It's awesome that they made it, but not everybody knows what this thing is, and even the people that do that are collecting the Predator line don't necessarily want to spend that much on a vehicle that's not from the movies, or the comics, or anything else. I, I get it. But none of that is what I'm here to talk about tonight. Tonight, I'm here to tell you that after last week's episode, where myself, Beth, Red Ranger, and Mike Gordon looked ahead, looked out into the future of 2017, or 2017, if you will, at the movies, toys, whatever we were excited for, and then... We went and visited a post that I made in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, which you were, if, if you were not part of, you need to go and join immediately so you can take part in things like this. I went and looked at the post where I asked the listeners what they were excited for, and we ran down just about everything that had been commented on. And there were a good number of comments. But what I realized after editing and producing that episode is that pretty much everything was Marvel movies, Star Wars, and DC, and that there's a whole slate of original movies and remakes and sequels that have nothing to do with those franchises that we didn't even talk about. So what I decided to do was bring everybody back this week for a sort of part two, or maybe a 2.0, or whatever designation you want to give it, uh, to, to cover those things but it turns out there's so many of those things we only got a certain way into it Uh, i had to put a cap on our recording time for this episode because i'm working days we i had to get up at 3 30 in the morning so we had to be done recording by 10 so what i decided is i made a list of the things that i thought were relevant to a recording of the needless things podcast and we were going to go through them until 10 o'clock at 10 o'clock, we were going to stop, and whatever was left, we'd come back to a couple months from now. And, and maybe we'll do three or four of these episodes as the year goes on and just cover you know, each quarter's worth of movies. And uh, we made it up to, uh, I think, April or maybe stopped right at May. The last one we talk about today is Ghost in the Shell. And we get all of the best genre stuff that's coming out between now and... And then, so it's a great episode. Unfortunately, though, we lost Beth about ten or so minutes in. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of bleeps, bloops, and bloop, or whatever, uh, whatever it is from Spaceballs. I can't remember the exact quote right now because uh, I worked. Today is the day that I had to get up at three thirty in the morning, and it is currently eleven o'clock at night. I'm a little tired, you guys, and, and plus, like I said, I want to watch Wayne's World. Uh, 
So you're going to hear some some Skype blooperings, and uh, Beth pops in a couple of times and then falls out and then pops back in and eventually just decides that we, we can't go through a whole hour and a half podcast with the, the occasional bloop, 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 bloop. Uh, going on every two minutes so she she bowed out and I, I think what i might do is invite beth back on and we'll do maybe just a horror show uh and, and we'll definitely try and get her back on if we do another one of these in april uh but anyway uh, before we get to the meat as it were of this episode i want to talk about a couple of things uh give some endorsements talk about some exciting stuff first of all i want to recommend that you go to supportphantom.com and check out some of the new features over there. I just put up a new episode of the Patron Cast, which is exclusive to supportphantom.com. Uh, if you're contributing $5 a month or more, you get access to uh, the Patron feed and the more than monthly episodes of the Patron Cast, which are exclusive to my Patreon page. Uh, and the most recent one I recorded live while I was out hunting for mad balls. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun to do. And I've gotten some pretty good feedback on it. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. And then there's another feature that if you're contributing a dollar or more a month, only a dollar, uh, every Wednesday from now on, I will be taking a look at what's coming out. You, you already know about NeedlessThingsSite.com. One Wednesday a month, I review previews and tell you what I think is the coolest stuff in it. Well, now what I'm going to start doing on Patreon, on SupportPhantom.com, is every, every Wednesday, I'm going to take a look at what's shipping to comic shops that week and tell you what I think the coolest stuff is. And I'm not really providing commentary. It's just my list of what's the coolest stuff, and it's a way to keep uh, the the patrons up on what's shipping because, you know, not everybody can keep track of what's going out to the comic shops every single week, and, and maybe it'll be helpful for you guys to know sort of the hottest stuff, uh, or at least in Phantom's opinion, the hottest stuff. Uh, that's that's on the way. So I think that's 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 a new regular ongoing feature. And over the course of this year, I will be adding more regular ongoing features. Uh, some of them be, will will be accessible to the dollar and up members. Some of them will be accessible to the five and up members. And I, I'm still trying to figure out what's a really good reward for ten dollars and up. Uh, if you guys have any feedback, uh, drop me an email at phantomtroublemaker at gmail dot com or in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Uh, just you know, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think would be worthwhile for such a thing. Uh, another recommend, recommendation I'm going to make is track down these new Mad Balls. Now, we're drowning in Mad Balls right now. As I mentioned in my review of Mondo's new vinyl Mad Balls on NeedlessThingsSite.com, uh, we've got the, the vinyl ones from Mondo. Uh, Kid Robot is producing keychains, uh, giant size six inch Mad Balls, and then blind boxed regular sized mad balls or at least i think they're regular sized i just ordered some off of amazon uh, because somebody was selling open samples for for under the retail price and i i just want some to review and hold in my hand and see what they're actually like because some of the pictures online uh aren't super flattering so i, I want to see these things in person uh, and then finally i have to admit my favorite of the bunch are the new actual toy mad balls from just play toys uh, the foam ones, and I'll be reviewing those very soon as well. My my hunt 
uh, the, the one that I recorded the patron cast for was not fruitful, but the next day I went out and I managed to find, uh, some, not all of them, but some of them. And my son actually ended up with more of them than I did because he had already expressed an interest in Screaming Mimi and I only found one of those. So he got the Screaming Mimi. So there, keep an eye out for the Just Play Mad Balls. The official launch date for them is supposed to be January the 17th. You'll be able to find them Walmart, Toys R Us, Target, uh, probably Amazon, uh, pretty much everywhere you can buy toys. And it's a big launch. These are not going to be niche toys. I don't think they're going to be difficult to find uh, like the, the relaunch was or even like the originals were because some of the originals I remember, well, I don't remember if they were harder to find or if it was just a fight with my mother uh, to, to get her to buy me any because she did not like the gross out toys. Uh, as I mentioned in the uh, Needless Things Toy Stories panel last year, live from Jolanta, and I will be returning to Jolanta this year. Okay, finally, one more recommendation for you guys. Uh, no, actually, I've got two more recommendations. Uh, the first one is real quick and, and almost a little stupid, but I'm so pleased that I've got to bring it up to you. One of my stocking stuffers this year was the special uh, Rogue One tie-in Gillette razor. And uh, it's the one with the Rebel uh, helmet on it. And I can't remember what it's called right now, so I feel like an idiot. But it's the one that's nicer than the Mach 3. It's got a blue uh, like pad around the edge. It's got four blades on it. It's got the ball. It's like a Dyson vacuum, except it's a razor. This thing is incredible. And I, I'm not like, a, I need a close shave and do it a certain way. Blah, blah, blah. Well, this little gift pack came with the razor and a can of Gillette's shaving gel foam. I don't know. It comes out as a gel, but then when you lather it up, it turns into a foam. I don't know. I've never used shaving cream in my life. I always just use soap. Uh, and I don't know if it's the shaving cream or if it's the razor, but I am getting the closest, most comfortable shave of my life. And I know that sounds like a stupid commercial, and I guess it kind of is, but I'm telling you guys, uh, if you're looking for a new face razor, and I know there's stuff out there like Dollar Shave Club and, and all of that, uh, but, but something within me feels like there's some got to be some kind of scam there. I don't know. But uh, if you're just looking to walk into a store and buy yourself a new razor with, with disposable heads or whatever, uh, th this thing, this, this Gillette step up from the Mach 4 uh, is, is great. And, and if you can get the one that comes in the Rogue One box, then even better. Uh, so that I am endorsing the Gillette Fancy Pants 4-Blade Razor with the Dyson Ball. Go for it. Finally, I am also endorsing Metallica's newest album, uh, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. It is the shit. I have listened to it four times now. It has accompanied me home from work uh, four days. And the first time through... I felt like there were about eight totally kick-ass songs. Now, after kind of picking up on the flow of the album, I find the whole thing to be absolutely incredible. Uh, and, and if you remember from my review of uh, Faith No More, Soul Invictus, and, and various other albums over the years, the ones I love the most are the ones that I don't necessarily love at first. And that's how Hardwired to Self-Destruct was. I, I had heard how great it was from some of you guys, so I downloaded it from Amazon, and I, I absolutely love it now. And I, I want to recommend this. If you have not bought it yet, buy the deluxe version from Amazon because it comes with a third, well, it's not a disc, but a third section, I guess? 
of a live show from, I think it's a record store called Rasputin on Record Store Day where they play nothing but old Metallica. And then the final track on that one is a live version of Hardwired, the opening track on Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Uh, but it's, it, man, I'm, I'm telling you guys, it is awesome. And, and it's not... One of the reasons I've I've been able to decide that I love this album is we're not getting Kill 'Em All Metallica back. We're not getting Ride the Lightning Metallica back. Uh, we're not getting Master of Puppets is still my favorite Metallica album, one of my favorite metal albums. We're not getting that Metallica back. We're not even getting Injustice for All Metallica back. They they continue to evolve and grow while still kicking ass. Uh, the, like that, like I said, Hardwired, that opening track is incredible. And it is reminiscent of old Metallica without just being a thrash metal song. Uh, you know, they, they've evolved, they've gotten better, they're doing different things, and yet they are still Metallica. Uh, yes, St. Anger was a misstep, and I could do a whole podcast about how I feel about that one. Uh, I enjoyed Death Magnetic, but I don't love it. But Hardwired to Self-Destruct, I, I feel like it's, it is, the comeback from load and reload, which I still, I, I don't think I'll ever come around to those. Uh, so that is my final recommendation for the day. Give that album a chance. If you're any kind of Metallica fan, any kind of metal fan. Uh, and if you don't like it, uh, sorry. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure there are people who don't. I, when I commented on Facebook that I thought it was pretty awesome. Somebody said, uh, I, I th- every track was just sort of meh. And I, I feel like, you know, I, that's a person I'm never going to get through to. And, and that's a person Metallica is never going to get through to again because they've made up their mind. Uh, the, you know, the, that's the, and, and that's fine. That's fine. There are plenty of other bands out there. Not everybody has to like Metallica. Uh, and certainly not everybody has to like their newest album. But I sure as heck do. All right. And speaking of music, it's time to kick it over to the Mystery Men for a little interstitial magic. And then we're going to go straight into... Uh, movies from the first quarter of 2017 or 2017 with me, Beth, uh, for a bit, Mike, and Red Ranger. Enjoy. So, yeah, the first headline I see for silence is Martin Scorsese's silence is in big trouble before it even opens. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that doesn't shit. bode well for for you, uh, <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Let's go ahead and open with that because I like that as a beginning. So we're uh, – <laughs> welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We are once again, just as we were last week, sitting here with uh, Mike Gordon. Howdy. Red Ranger. Hello. And Beth. Well, Hello. And uh, we're going to talk about all the movies that the Needless Things podcast Facebook page did not bring up uh, last week for last week's episode, which it turns out are quite a few movies. So bad job, guys, (laughs) only talking about Marvel and Star Wars. What a bunch of nerds. All right. So going in a completely non-nerd direction uh mike gordon mentioned as we were talking before we started recording that he wanted to take a look at martin scorsese's new movie silence and uh do you want to tell us a little bit about it mike or do you know a little bit about it 
Uh, just um, I saw a trailer um, in front of the last movie I saw, and it looked interesting. I mean, any time Martin Scorsese is is behind the camera, it's going to be interesting. Um, but uh, a particular note, especially to geeks and nerds like ourselves, um, this is uh, features also um, uh, some people that um, are are quite known in the the, the geek community: uh, Andrew Garfield, aka Spider Man, uh, Adam Driver. Uh, A.K.A. Kylo Ren and Liam Neeson. Uh, should I call him Qui Gon? Yeah, we'll go with that. Sure, um, yeah, that's fine because I can't so, remember his name from Next of Kin. So, <laughs> or Taken. Uh, or in when any he case, uh, you know, it, it's a uh, it, it it. I didn't really get a sense of what the plot was in the trailer, which I usually like because look, a, a trailer just needs to tell me that something is out and. You know, visually, it looks interesting. I don't need to know the plot. I didn't need to know anything else because otherwise I just want to go, you know, cold. Um, because all you have to do is tell me that, A, a Star Wars movie is coming out, and I don't need to know anything else. Right. Well, you and I have said before that, that they don't need trailers anymore. All, exactly. all, all they need, we just need a black screen that says, <laughs> new Marvel movie coming in November. Right. Write it down and you're good, right? Yeah. It's like a, mark your calendars. Um, so anyway, uh, Silence is uh, another epic uh, by Scorsese. According to the IMDb here, it's going to be two hours and 41 minutes. So it's another, yes, one of those. Um, <laughs> and it has to do, with, I guess, with missionaries. Um, so, uh, But, uh, of course, it's Scorsese. So you know there's going to be some violence and, and, and all that, I'm, I'm sure. But... Um, Look, I, I'm I'm curious to see it. So it looked visually, it looked interesting from the trailer. Well, the the first thing that came up when I googled it to find something out about it was that headline I read at the opening, and all it is though is mentioning uh, that the film got left off of the BAFTA nominations and uh, the the SAG awards and the Golden Globes, and it's, I think it's a timing thing more than it oh, is right. anything else. But what the the funny part of that is how many people are talking about the possibility of Deadpool uh being a best picture nominee. <laughs> so <laughs> wouldn't that be something wouldn't that be something for Marty to uh, lose out to Deadpool. One thing it also says here is that Adam Driver lost fifty pounds for the role in this. And I'm what? like, he's not From where? I, I I know. I'm like, is he just a skeleton in this? He's right. trying to outdo Christian Bale. He's, he's just not a floating that, head. He's not that big to begin with. Wow. But anyway, so Scorsese's got a new one, so that's always pretty interesting, I think. Well, cool. And from there, what we're going to do uh, is I, I have compiled a list of genre and other interesting types of movies that are coming out in, in 2017 to talk about, just to, to run through the list, and we're going to get as far as we can in the time that we have to record and if we need to come back in a couple of months and do another one of these, then we'll do it. And I think everybody would be fine with that. So are you guys ready to do sort of a a, a speed round of the movies of 2017? Let's do it. Absolutely. And if there's one that you want to kind of linger on or have more thoughts about, that's fine. We'll, you know, we're we're going to go through the list, but we're not going to, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to give anything short shrift, especially if it's of interest to one of us. I mean, you didn't put monster trucks on the list. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what? Okay, we'll we'll I, we're no, I'm, start... I'm totally kidding. No, Dance no, Beth, what have you done? No, no, Beth, <laughs> this is what you get. 
we'll start with monster truck. Well, we'll I guess we started with silence, but we'll go next into monster trucks because I just want to say that as dumb as monster trucks seems, uh, I think it looks like a lot of fun. I like the main dude, uh, Havoc from the X-Men movies. Uh, and it's a weird, like the concept of let's make a kid's movie about monster trucks and aliens hiding. I like, it's, it's it, a weird blend like, of like NASCAR love and aliens, but it's, it's I think it looks like, like fun. Like the trailers I see, I'm like, okay, cool. Let, uh, you know, I, I'll take my son to see this. Yeah, Could it he, looks like it would be like a kid's book that's eight pages, and they turned it into a whole movie. Sure. It, it uh it definitely looks you know like they took the plot of ET and just added trucks like a monster truck so <laughs> right, I mean that, right. so that's you know uh I, but at least you know it was one of those things when I saw the trailer I'm like what is this and then the then the finally they revealed the title was monster trucks I'm like of course that's what this is. <laughs> well some someone told me about it and I thought they were kidding until they of showed me the trailer did. yeah because it seems that's like not nonsense. A thing. <laughs> so anyway, I I am probably the only one of us that will be seeing this uh, in the theater. Uh, unless yeah, unless my uh, nieces are dying to see it, there's probably no way. Well, and Havoc is a cutie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we will we'll move on now after that little diversion, courtesy of Beth, <laughs> to Sorry. Split, uh, which I mentioned because it is. M. Night Shyamalan's new movie, and it stars James McAvoy, and I have conflicted feelings about both of those gentlemen. Uh, McAvoy, I, I don't know how I feel about him, honestly. Like, I've liked him in, in some things. I think he's done a great job as Water Fountain Professor X, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm just... This role looks more interesting than anything he's done, but it's M. Night Shyamalan, who I have zero tolerance for, unless he's just being completely silly pants like he was with The Happening. Yeah, I don't... God, I'm trying to think if I've seen... I can't remember the last M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong uh, movie that I've seen. You know, I was trying to restrain myself and not make that stale-ass joke. I was I was wondering how you could resist. I, right, it, it just comes. I just I don't mean to do it. But it just happened. <laughs> it, it just happened. I was trying to rise oh, above. I, I was like, I applaud you, sir. Anyway, Sean, <laughs> continue on with your low hanging fruit. Well, no, no, seriously, I, uh, yeah, I cannot remember the last thing that I've seen, and I feel like everything he's done, that's not. What was the movie with Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson? Was that Fragile? Well, and that no, um, um, Unbreakable, Unbreakable, unbreakable. And, and that one I do genuinely like, and still yeah, do. I liked it at the time, and I still like it. Yeah, I liked that. I liked um, uh, Sixth Sense, but no. I feel like everything else more than once has been. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but I feel like everything after that, I just it just is roundly panned as just being really bad. And then he did that abomination with Avatar: The Last Airbender, and. And I was like, he should just not make any more movies. Um, so I, I and I've seen the trailers for this, and it looks interesting. But at the same time, it also seems very fraught with peril when you have 
a character playing 24, I don't know, playing with split personalities uh, in 2016 where we actually have a little more understanding of how that stuff works. Um, I don't know. This just seems like a, a recipe for a, a massive cock up. I don't know how this is going to go. Well, and what's funny, though, is you have the same thing going on on Fox with the Legion television show, except the show looks infinitely more interesting than this movie. Right. When they've got actual like work to pull from with Legion, um, I'm assuming that they're pulling from, like that they're sticking with the X-Men lore and that it's he's Professor X's kid and they're... That, they're that remains to be this. seen. Yeah, I mean, I, which, I, which I could go either way on that, whether or not that's a good idea. But we're not so, here to talk about TV. I shouldn't have brought it up. Damn it, Mike and Beth. <laughs> uh, any thoughts about Split? I I have always called him Shamamalan. Uh, <laughs> now, see, I'll take that one. And I'm not, and, and I'm not a fan. I I liked Sixth Sense the first time I saw it. You can't watch it again. It's kind of like uh, Blair Witch Project. Once you've once you know the ending, who cares anymore? But I do like James McAvoy, even though I've seen him in some really bad stuff. I, I still like him. Uh, Filth was terrible. Filth really made me not like him for a while. And if you don't know, that's uh, another movie based on an Irvine Welsh book, like Trainspotting. I don't. Oh, Full of filthy, horrible people. I bet I'd love it. <laughs> it's probably going to be. Your so I don't know. I'm I'm torn. And uh, Mike, what about you? Um, I tapped out. From M. Knight's work after Signs. Uh, Good for you. Did not care for that at all. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Um, the trailers for this look interesting only because McAvoy, if he gives a tour de force performance, which it looks like from the trailers he's capable of, yeah. Then this is going to be something that people are going to say you have to watch this because he's so good. But they're not going to say it until after it comes out on HBO because I don't think anybody's going to go pay to see this. Right? Yeah. With the <laughs> M Night's record, they're going to be like, "Yeah, yeah, you just have to wait and rent." Yeah, it. yeah, right. absolutely. And I feel like I will say this: when I first saw the trailers, I did not realize that, that was McAvoy the first couple times. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's really a good, good thing. In the trailer. Yeah, I don't Freak. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but. Well, it was confusing because he had the shaved head, but he wasn't crying, so you couldn't really tell who he was. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move along, and, and I bring this one up only because I, I have been a big fan of Vin Diesel since before he was Groot. Uh, I early on I saw Pitch Black and immediately yes. liked the guy. He was amazing in Pitch Black. And everything that you ever read about him, he is a big nerd. And he has leveraged his Hollywood value to do nerd things. So I, I have never been in the camp of thinking he's some, like, stupid chucklehead. I've always liked the guy. I've always found him entertaining. Uh, I think his, his his demeanor is something that he plays up quite a bit. Because if, if you've ever seen interviews with him and stuff when he's on late-night talk shows or whatever, like, he, he's just a guy having fun. And I think, you know, maybe that's the reason some people are, you know, maybe there's a little jealousy involved in the in the people that dismiss him. But uh, I like the guy. I liked the first Triple X movie because it's just a big, goofy action movie that was taking the elements of the time uh, to present, you know, a, a familiar movie format. You know, the, the extreme games, X games, sports, sporto, whatever. 
uh, Ranger, you know more about that stuff than I do. Yeah, actually, actually it had yeah, a lot I'm curious. That, that it just occurred to me. That's a good connection. I'm very curious to know what your your thoughts are on on the Triple X movies. So, well, the first one I really enjoyed a lot, um, and it had a lot of really fun cameos. Uh, a lot of BMXers that I know from that I've known for a while, like out like that are big in BMX world, but that nobody else in the universe knows who they are. Uh, like Matt Hoffman had a cameo and uh, Rick Thorne, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like these are these are guys I know, but nobody else knows them. Uh, and then as well as skateboarders and other action stars, um, the Rammstein music was fun. Like I really enjoyed that. Like it was this weird. It, growing up as a kid, when action sports weren't as cool as they are now. It was kind of like this weird thing where you're like, fuck yeah, look at the action sports guy being James Bond. That's awesome. Right, right. And, right. Was, it, and um, it, it, it's interesting because it took what could have been a very goofy concept and actually I think executed it very well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And in a weird way, because of the setting and because most of the movie took place in another country, it almost didn't even feel like an American movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it felt exotic like the James Bond movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Well, there's only uh, there's only one other one. Is I, think. There, I thought there I were think two more. No, I think Doesn't it's just Ice the Cube one with Ice Cube, Cube right? Is it just uh, he was in the sequel? I thought there was a second one with Vin Diesel, and then they did. No, Triple X State of the Union had Ice Cube, and that was the second one, and this is okay. the third one. Okay, cool. Um, I... <laughs> So I remember seeing the trailer for this third one, and it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just flat-out ridiculous. He's riding a dirt bike on water, <laughs> and then he's snowboarding on palm trees. Like, he's just doing things that aren't even physically possible. At this point, I, I get that the whole thing about action sports is that a lot of it seems like you are – it's death-defying and physics-defying. And, and, and you know what? This movie is going to make so much more money than Silence. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Mike, what, do you have any feelings on uh, on on Vin or the Triple X franchise? Uh, I like Vin. Uh, I think it's cool. Although um, reports coming out of the last uh, Fast and Furious movie about him and the Rock kind of button heads were a little disturbing because I like both those gentlemen, and I don't know. I we'll just say that there was a disagreement between creative differences, I guess. I um, but. Um, I, I I like the first Triple X movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, an extreme sports James Bond. It's what it's set up to be. I didn't watch the second one, mainly because Vin wasn't in it. And yeah. uh, I kind of didn't have... I don't think Samuel Jackson was in it either, was he? Uh, I'm not sure, honestly. I, I right. saw it, but it and was, even if you know, he was on it was cable. probably just a cameo. And so, it's not... The second one wasn't very memorable. Right. So this is the gang back together. Um the only thing that um, struck me from the trailer from this one that I was kind of like, I'm just kind of tired of watching, of seeing, uh, hey, let's get a team. Um, it's not about like an individual anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. more about let's get a team together. And uh, I kind of wish if this was the return of Xander Cage, I wish it was just him. Like, like he was the main guy, um, and there wasn't like all this other these characters around him. So. Um, uh, that's my only feeling going into it. I'm just kind of tired of because all the the WB shows are or CW shows are doing that now, and it's like I just want it to be focused on one character because that seems to be something. I guess it's a lost art now. Yeah, and I think it's just easier to have a group to write for in the case of television, anyway. Well, I mean, obviously, if you're putting up the bucks, uh, it's nice to have a diverse cast so you can appeal to. Many different, you know, sure, sure, uh, 
box office potential box office uh, audiences. But um, you know, I, I won't see this in the theater. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll see it when it you know is released on home video or some kind of thing like that. But uh, um, I'm glad you know I don't have any knocks against them doing this. I just I'm I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, that's understandable. Honestly, I don't know that I'll even see it in the theater because my, uh, you know, my theater time now is so limited. I've got to really pick and choose what I see in the theater. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I, just real quick, I'm wondering, talking about Fast and the Furious, I, I, I think it, it's very, uh, use my words, it's an interesting <laughs> coincidence that they're relaunching the Triple X franchise. After one of the main characters from Fast and the Furious passed away, and I also wonder if maybe with some of the, the problems that The Rock and Vin Diesel had on set, if if he's not throwing his hat in and saying let's go back rebuild, and that's why the Triple X movie is a team movie because basically he's taking he's seeing if that audience will follow him to a new franchise, and then they can let the Fast and the Furious franchise sort of um, lay to rest. Uh, you know, just leave that alone with Paul Walker's memory. And he has a whole new venue that he can go with where he's not having to play a character um, that he may not want, may not want to play anymore. Well, and that makes sense because, I mean, you know, the more – I'm all for it. The more big Hollywood dollars Vin Diesel can rake in and then turn around and put towards nerdy genre niche stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, Which was way more fun than it should have been. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And he I had like a the, giant like, flaming sword, a practical effects flaming sword. I like right. all the Riddick movies too. I think those are fun in their own ways. So I, you know, I, I if he wants to do another one of those, I'll be on board. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, and unfortunately, we have lost Beth temporarily. Uh, if listeners, if you've picked up on any of the little bloopy Skype noises, that's Beth uh, trying to valiantly to join back in on our conversation and i think i'm going to be a lone voice on this one in that resident evil the final chapter is one of my most anticipated movies of the year uh i love this franchise i thoroughly enjoy every movie in it except for the second one i've watched them all multiple times i own them all uh and and no they don't represent the video games well at all but it's a great action franchise that knows what it is. It does its thing, you know, it puts Mila Jovovich in ridiculous costumes and has her meet wacky people and kill hundreds and thousands of zombies. And I mean that that makes me happy. That hits me in my warm spot. So uh and and the last one had the best three D of any movie I have ever seen in the theater. Uh, because regardless of what you want to say about uh, the director, um, oh shit, Anderson, Anderson, Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson, not to be confused with Paul Anderson, no, or don't. Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah, um, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, you know, regardless, of what I you don't want think to say, that'll ever happen. Uh, no, no. Uh, Paul W. S. Anderson ha- has done some really cool stuff. He did the first Mortal Com- Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, he he has an eye for a certain type of film, and if it's not to your taste, that's fine. But he he's very good at what he does. Uh, do you guys have any tolerance for the Resident Evil movies or at all? I have seen every one of them in the theater. 
Uh, I'm a big Mila Jovovich fan. I think she's owned this character and just had a lot of fun with it. Um, she's been doing it. Uh, the first one came out in 2002. Um, so it's amazing. It's 15 years. Uh, six movies. I think this is the sixth movie. Yes. Um, I, I don't love them all as much as you. Um, not even close. Um, I think there's an inconsistency there, and but um, oh, there is. I mean, it, it, the whole but, franchise could have been managed a lot better than yes, it has been. But there, I think they're a lot of fun, uh, much like the uh, Underworld series. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun, and um, you know, I think it's to her credit. You know, when all these people are complaining about uh, there's not enough women action heroes, she's been doing this role for 15 years and doing it well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I agree. I think with you on the 3D effects, like this is worth seeing in 3D because Anderson knows how to use 3D. He doesn't poke you in the eyes with it, but he does these really, he's incredibly set up action sequences and even the one sequences that are non-action. I'm not sure if it was the last one or the one before it, but it opened with, uh, some folks in Tokyo walking around with umbrellas in the rain. That was the and, last one. And that was so beautiful in 3D. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stunning. Just, I, I was like, I've never seen anything like this in 3D before. And it's, this is how 3D should be used. Um, it was, it was really something. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'll be seeing this opening weekend in the theater. What about you, Ranger? Uh, I think I saw the first one, but I was completely unfamiliar with the video games that we talked about before. I'm video game clueless. So uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I'm curious, um, Phantom, particularly your opinion. You seem to like them a lot. How do you think it's, like, is Resident Evil uh, a modern zombie movie, or is it an affection movie, or or do you just treat it as just like it's a, a horror? What? Do you an, say an affection movie? Infection. Oh, like oh. a disease. Oh. Uh, like, an, like an outbreak or something. Like, I'd, how would you classify it? I, when I saw it, I kind of assumed it was like a modern sort of outbreak meets zombie movie and yeah, it was fun for what it was but i never really got too too deep into it i mean i don't i don't really classify stuff in that way i mean <laughs> they dropped like, a vial of zombie goo and everybody in the world ended up turning into zombies all right well there <laughs> whatever you, you want to call but that if, like if you're if you're doing a zombie binge marathon are you gonna throw resident evil yeah i mean they're zombies Okay. Cool. Although, well, but see, that gets into the whole debate about what is a zombie. And technically, the the episode of Man from Uncle that I watched yesterday depicted more traditional zombies than anything we see now, because technically, a zombie is a human uh, whose mind has been completely controlled by a voodoo priest. Oh, like, yeah, true. What we think of as zombies now are not zombies. They're more yeah, like yeah. what whites, I think, or ghouls. Maybe no ghouls are living people that eat dead people's flesh. That's a whole other episode. Let's yeah. move on. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. tired, and you're using your – you're turning me into you. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another horror entry, uh, Rings, which I was a fan of the first two Ring movies, uh, the Japanese versions and the American versions. And uh, this one, I don't even know if this is the third one or the fourth one or what. Let's see here. Uh, Rings is an upcoming 2017 American supernatural psychological horror film directed by F. Javier Gutierrez. Uh, third feature-length film. Okay, so this is only the third one. Uh, I, you know, I'm interested in it. I, I don't know that I care that much. 
because it looks like it's yet another like Blair Witch or Texas Chainsaw or whatever where it's it's a a, a prequel disguised as a sequel that's the same thing but here's uh, yeah. I don't, I don't but, know a, a rehash I, that's given a fancy way to yeah. describe but Vincent D'Onofrio's in it and I like him uh, and it was shot over in Conyers uh, Johnny Galecki's also in it and I don't like him <laughs> you're like fuck that guy well not that um, bad but yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know yeah. I'll, I'll see it when it hits HBO or Netflix or whatever yeah, maybe we'll see some weird local places. Have you guys seen the other ones? I've seen the first one. I'm not a yeah, big horror the- guy, um, so the first one was yeah, it, it did the, the the trick, but it didn't make me go. I need to watch any more of these. The so, first one scared the shit out of me. Um, I I saw the trailer for this one, and I was just like, oh, more of the same. I'm I'm right. I'm good. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. But I, the first one I saw in the theater, and I actually came home, and I, I was living in an apartment at the time. And I wheeled the TV in my bedroom out into the living room uh, when I went to sleep. <laughs> like, oh, the and, one, and, like the oh, one just, thing, just be safe. The one thing about this, though, that I now I haven't kept up with it, so you'll have to tell me. But the first one was still, I mean, videotapes were still relevant, right? Sure. So the people were watching these old videotapes, and if you watch something, it was like ah. But now they're updating it so that the internet's involved, and. Uh, with the whole, you know, literally gone viral and everything. Is this a first for this franchise? Because I think moving it from that medium is kind of an interesting idea. Well, yeah, it is. Because, I mean, this is only the third movie. And the second movie was about Samara, was about the girl and how she came to be that. Oh, and how... so it was like a, it was a prequel. Yeah, it, it literally, yeah. well, it I mean, it was a sequel, but uh, Naomi Watts, wait, is Naomi Watts, right? Yeah, sometimes I get confused with someone else. Um, But uh, her character has to travel to figure out how this Samara girl did the thing with the tape. I don't remember the whole plot entirely, Uh, but but it was it was a sequel, but it told the story behind everything. Uh, But yeah, it it the first one scared me. I don't know this one probably HBO Netflix again. Yeah, that'll probably be me as well. All the previews I've seen, I'm like, oh, so it's just the ring, plural. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, like, I'm intrigued by the concept, and I, and I think if they can con- carry carry off a convincing move uh, to Internet-type stuff in a way that we haven't seen before, good for them. But, uh, hey, it's just nothing interesting, honestly. Yeah, I'm not terribly compelled by it. I could be wrong. I, if I find out that I'm wrong, I'll definitely go see it. But uh, off the top of my head right now, it's not one that's on my list. So in the category of things that are compelling, John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, John Wick kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I did not see it in the theater. I, I just got the word of mouth. And I, I did. I was aware of the main plot motivator going into the movie, but I sort of steeled myself for it because I had heard that it was I don't know if we could even have a revolutionary action movie at this point but I I had heard that it was as close to that as you can get and I thought it was absolutely fantastic Uh, and and not not necessarily in that 
it changed the game, but that it was very aware of the genre and did everything that the best action movies do and did it very well. It was like, we're going to take these elements of action. We have no budget, but we're going to make a movie that looks very artistic, that's gorgeously shot, and uh, we're going to have Keanu Reeves be a complete badass in a way that was much more convincing than Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher. Because I've got to put down Jack Reacher as a five foot six guy anytime I can, because <laughs> that's not okay. Uh, what about you guys? I'm, I'm sure you've both seen the first John Wick. Yes, I actually haven't, and uh, Who I know are that you I even? need to. I know, I know. This is like a massive fail. It's on my list. It's one of these things. I, I've said this a million times. There are a few movies and TV shows that I am massively behind on because I won't ever put my laptop away long enough to give them the attention that they warrant. And I know that I need to give them that attention. John Wick is definitely on that list, and I will be watching it very soon because I will probably catch I, – I will almost certainly catch this one in the theaters. You, I, I'm really looking forward to the sequel. You've got to put that laptop away sometimes, man. The, the chafing alone has got to be terrible. It's rough. I get burn marks from the – whatever. <laughs> so yeah, this one this one is uh, absolutely uh, theater viewing because I, I did not see the first one in the theater. So did did you, Mike? Were you on this one? No, I was not. Uh, I saw this one uh, at home as well, and uh, it had a good word of mouth uh, from people who did see it in the theater. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those. Uh, it's kind of like um, you know, uh, Luke Besson produces and writes and comes out with a bunch of these movie like you know these action movies that are just uh they don't reinvent the wheel but they just do a really good job at just holding your interest as an action movie mm. uh, i think the taken movies are kind of like that and and this to me is a little bit a step above that but yeah. still along those lines like you said it doesn't it, it just takes the genre it doesn't add anything new but it just does what it does really well and um you know i mean you feel right in the beginning uh, for his pain, um, and uh, I don't know if I don't know if in the second one he gets another dog, <laughs> but uh, uh, time but, to uh, check out doesthedogdie dot com. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't know what he it's You know, it's it's great. I think it's awesome when you have these characters that are are created like don't fuck with him, and someone does, and then the rest of the movie is just. You know, chaos. <laughs> we, we told you not to fuck with it. Exactly. One of it just, it just lit and it lives up to it. Like because sometimes they don't. You're know, like, eh, yeah, it was not so bad. But this, in this case, it was like, yeah, they really uh, should not have done that. And that's almost that almost could be its own genre of movie. And, and again, that would be another episode. But the but the uh oh, don't fuck with that guy movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like we need we need to sit down at some point and make a list of those movies because you you know you've got them you've got Rambo you've got you know that and credit to oh my God. for being able to pull that off because I think we do kind of like him but yeah. he's just made some really bad choices over the years he's made some really good ones but some very bad ones and it's nice that this one was a you know under the radar really good one yeah. this one John Wick might make me forgive him for his horrible English accent in. Uh, the Dracula movie in the 90s. Oh, he was young then. That, that was forgiven long ago. 
I don't know. I, I, I what what more recently I will not forgive him for his lack of English accent in Constantine. Yes, right. That's a much more egregious <laughs> sin uh, to me. <laughs> All right, so moving along, we have a movie that I actually don't want to know anything about. I have not seen a trailer. Uh, all I know about it is that Gore Verbinski is directing it, uh, who brought us the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, well, the those have ranged from awesome to I fell asleep. Uh, but <laughs> Dane DeHaan, who is one of my, like, I'm watching this guy actors because I thought he was the best part of Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, uh, for whatever reason, that's where I've seen him. Yes. For whatever reason, (laughs) Osborne, he just blew my mind in that movie. Like I wanted to watch, I didn't, and I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man a lot. And I mean, Emma Stone, come on. But for whatever reason, I just wanted to see what Dane DeHaan's character, what, what, what Harry was up to. Uh, He was just compelling to me. And I'm thrilled that he's in this movie. Uh, he's in another one that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. But this guy, just something about him, he's he's got it. He's very interesting to me. Uh, and this movie, A Cure for Wellness, uh, it's it's supposed to be very weird. And I, I'm I am up for a, a weird, out there, not knowing what to expect movie. I have seen it. I saw it before uh, the last Underworld movie, and I had no idea going in. I'd seen a movie poster, I think, for this prior to that, but uh, I had no idea what it was. And let me tell you, um, you don't have to see the trailer, but this movie is fucked up. (laughs) Whoa! The rare Mike Gordon F-bomb, right? No, and this only it, I almost stakes. I almost wish that I hadn't used it like the f bomb a couple minutes ago for John Wick because because really this movie like <laughs> warrants the, like it is it is some fucked up shit like it is like I, I, I'm like you know those there's sometimes movies come around and like The Shining or like The Exorcist like that and they're just. They just get under your skin yeah, and in yeah. your brain, yeah, like like worms. This thing, oh man, I I I'm staying away from this. I'm sorry. Oh I just, wow, I'm tapping out, man, because it looks it looks like I mean it's even it like even um, uh, Guillermo del Toro's stuff is not like this. This is this is creepy. Um, uh, um, asylum, like mind fuck stuff. It's just creepy. This movie, ladies and gentlemen, has completely freaked Mike Gordon out beyond is, the capacity for words. This is yes. absolutely broken, Mike Gordon. Yeah, this is this is, and I'm not saying that it's not going to be great and it's not worth seeing, but it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm. It's not for me. Not your cup of of terror tea. I I, I appreciate it though. I'd be curious to see what you know. Um, you know, you guys who are more into horror think about this because after seeing it, because and I definitely think, I God help you if it's in three D. But um, uh. I, I definitely think it's worth seeing on the big screen because let me tell you, the images are going to be powerful and 
and our warrant, I think, a big screen setting. Um, uh, but I, I'd be curious to see what the reaction is from people after. I've I've never seen a movie look like this in a long time. Well, me me and the missus have already determined that we're going to be in their opening day for it. Like we're we're both excited. For I this I hope you love it <laughs> for all the right, or, or for all the right reasons. No, no, and I'm not saying that because I. This movie is so freaky looking that I hope it it's it's it delivers it delivers exactly. yeah yeah like I hope I didn't just get freaked out by something that's shit right like, you're gonna be like what the hell was he talking what about what a weenie <laughs> what a damn coward it's just a remake of the stuff it's just rubber what the hell <laughs> he, he dropped an f bomb for this what, what about you Ranger you know anything about this one. Uh, no, I just I just looked it up on IMDb because I had no idea what it was, um, and uh, I immediately thought of the Eternal Youth episode from Batman the Animated Series. Uh, but I, according, but based on what Mike just said, it's nothing like that at all. Well, I'd just like it's to just... point out that there is an actress named Mia Goth in it, so uh, that right there is doubling down <laughs> on the dark weirdness value. Right. Uh, God, I really want that to. I want to find out that that's not her actual name. I want to find out that it is. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to, to Lighter Fair. This is something I only found out about the other day and can't believe I didn't know about because a movie about Charlie Day fighting Ice Cube is phenomenal. That's that's uh, Give it all the awards. This yeah. is, yeah, is going to be amazing. It, I'm very excited about this because be, these two are a lot of fun. Ice Cube has really, like the, after he got past just making family movies, he's really had, with stuff like 21 Jump Street, he's really yeah. had kind of a renaissance. And uh, I'm I'm very excited about seeing these two in an R-rated, ridiculous concept movie like this. Well, and, and if you look at the rest of the cast, the rest of the cast looks great. It's oh, got, everybody's in it. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the current comedy troupe that were in like christmas party and yes. um like they're they're the go-to comedy people right now yeah and i'm fine with that because they're it all looks, hilarious yeah it looks fantastic like just looking at the other people in it i'm like jesus this is gonna be yeah this it's either gonna be one of those where it has too many really good comedic actors and so it just kind of falls flat um like too much of a good thing which occasionally happens or it's gonna be fucking hilarious and um I'm a huge fan of Friday, and I love, like, Ice Cube just going off, being funny, and just going fully adult. I loved him in 21 Jump Street. I've just started getting into um, uh, It's Always Sunny, and Charlie cracks me up on there. So, yeah, this one is um, – I th this may not be opening weekend viewing, but I, I think I will absolutely have to go see this in the theater because it just looks too good to pass up. I, I always like to see – uh, a sort of a big comedy early in the year because it seems like the first couple months of the year there's always one big comedy that that kind of just pops up uh last year it happened to be deadpool uh but but there's there's always something special this time of year in comedy and in horror yeah, yeah. what about you and mike have you heard about this one at all i've seen the trailer for this one it it's not my wheelhouse <laughs> I can appreciate for, that. For entirely different reasons than a cure for wellness. But it's, <laughs> it, it's, it, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, 
Yeah, I I haven't seen a lot of the movies that you guys are talking about, and it's just it's not my thing. And that, and that's fine. To totally opposite ends of the not Mike Gordon spectrum. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next up, we have something that I feel like I should be waiting for with breathless anticipation, but for some reason I just cannot give a single shit about uh, the Great Wall. I see the trailer, and all of this stuff looks like I should be like thinking it's awesome and wanting toys of it, and like loving the concept of all these different colored like samurai and the wall, like the concept of the Great Wall being built to keep monsters out of China. That's awesome, but you throw Matt Damon into all of that. And the trailer, as epic as it is, something about it falls flat to me. And I don't know what it is. And I'm a little mad at myself because I want to want to love this movie. Have you guys seen the trailer? Do you have feelings about it? I have seen the trailer. And uh, I agree with you to an extent. Um, Unfortunately, this is the product of corporate racist America and the world. Um, and I and I don't just I'm, I'm just throwing that out there because well, yeah you're not the bottom the guy line that... is the bottom line is the the guy who made it an excellent um, Asian director um, and if this was just a straight up you know Wuja movie this would be incredible but in order to get it done on this scale and to reach an audience he's got to put in someone like Matt Damon and. And and that sucks because there's no reason, as you mentioned, Matt Damon should be in this movie. Not anything against Matt Damon. I do ha- I do like Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt right. Damon. <laughs> right, but, right. But yeah, um, when you're doing a movie about the Great Wall of China, and you go, you know what this movie needs is a Southie from Boston. Well, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like it. You know, I can remember seeing. I reminded very much of seeing trailers for The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, Ugh. and I can remember. After this huge epic trailer, as the lights, like, as the trailer went from one to the other, you know, it, it darkened for a bit, and we saw that, you know, preview or whatever, the, the the couple behind me, the woman goes, the last samurai is a white guy? Like, <laughs> and and that's kind of what I'm feeling here. It's like, yeah. despite the fact, it's going to, like, all these, you know, uh, Asians are in this, and it's this, it should be this, like, pure Asian thing. And you know Matt Damon's not just in it, but he's the guy that saves the right, day, right. like saves China. Because from... Asian people can't save themselves. Right. right. I can't even imagine what China's going to make of this movie. Like, is it going to be played in China? I don't know what the relationship is like, but it's like, we need Matt Damon to save us? Well, you this know, movie, like that's... I mean, big movies like this don't happen if they're not going to play in China. Right. So I'm curious as to how that works out. Now, it may be great. It may be fun. Um, I actually did enjoy seeing uh, The Last Samurai. It wasn't great, great, but it was pretty interesting. This looks like it could be the kind of similar. Well, and I think you're right. I think it's Matt Damon that's that's killing it for me more than anything. I, I think, you know, thinking about watching that trailer for the first time, looking at all of the awesome spectacle and then his... And, and look, I don't hate Matt Damon. I love him on Thirty Rock. I've, I like I like him the in Bourne movies. Plenty of things. I still haven't seen him. Uh, maybe I don't like Matt Damon that much. But anyway, <laughs> seeing seeing his dumb white ass running around like 
acting like he's some kind of shit in the middle of all these badass samurai is just, it takes me out of it. It's like yeah. seeing somebody miss a punch in a wrestling match. It's like, oh, well, now that's ruined. And so, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that is the problem. And, and you know, put Matt Damon in anything else. Put him, put him anywhere where a semi-bland but charming white guy belongs, and I'm fine with him. But, uh, yeah, this, it's, he's kind of spoiled it. And I hope it does end up being a lot of fun, and maybe once it is just on Blu-ray or, or Netflix or whatever and my expectations are not so theatrical, uh, maybe I will get a kick out of it. Sean, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I really have little to no interest, uh, and which sucks because I feel like from a mythological perspective, the story looks amazing. Right, like the idea it's a great the, idea. Right, yeah. that the Great Wall of China was built to keep out dragons? Fuck, sign me up. That's like that's perfect but yeah then out comes goodwill hunting with a bow and arrow and and i was like are you really really like my nieces uh saw this trailer and they look at me and they're like uncle sean why did they put a white guy there you know what i don't know it it feels like imagine if you'd sat down to watch the original godzilla and didn't know they had inserted raymond burr into it (laughs) (laughs) and you're sitting there like wow look at the what? Why is Raymond right. Burr in this? Yeah. Right, exactly. Like it, I feel like it was. If it didn't feel like a decision that was made because they, because Hollywood was afraid that people like me wouldn't go see it because there's not a dude that looks like me in it, I would be like, eh, it's not that bad. But I feel like it was again, as Mike said, it was a decision that Sean, was made for dumb reasons. Uh, Unfortunately, they're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, this movie. If it doesn't have Matt Damon. I mean, literally, millions of people will not see this. Well, yeah, I'll just tell true. you right now, if if there was a guy that looked like Rad Ranger in this movie, I would totally go see it. <laughs> yeah, hell <That's>... yes, <laughs> I'm very marketable. All right, let's stop. Even shitting someone on that Matt looked Damon. like Raymond Burr would be cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that would work. Um, <laughs> right, let's stop shitting on Matt Damon and move on. Uh, let's go shit on something else. I don't know if you guys saw Key and Peele's movie Keanu. Uh, I am. I love Key and Peele. I love the show. I think every single episode was gold. I think it's one of the smartest and funniest. Uh, I don't even know that I'd call it a sketch show. It's a concept show I've ever seen. I love these guys, uh, and I love them in other things that they do. Uh, although Keegan Michael Key's been in a whole lot more. He, he's branched out a lot more, but. Uh, there is a movie called Get Out that I would be really excited for if Keanu hadn't been terrible. Uh, it's it's from Jordan Peele, who is the guy who is the oh yeah I yeah. guess less uh, uh, less prolific of Key and Peele, and it's a horror movie. And he is apparently – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, uh, but I'm an asshole. Uh, he is apparently a huge horror fan. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Oh, so I read your mind. thanks for helping me out, pal. <laughs> um, and and I, from the aesthetics of the Key and Peele show, like they did some sketches kind of based around that kind of thing. And, and I know that he's got the chops to do a good horror movie. But my concern now is that do 
and this is a different thing from Keanu because Keanu was the both of them working together, uh, and it was very much based around the humor of the Key and Peele show. Uh, but I'm concerned that their talents don't translate to the big screen. And it's probably not fair of me to think that, but I'd be a lot more excited about this movie if I hadn't seen Keanu. Um, I, so I heard an interview with, uh, Jordan Peele, um, uh, on the bloom house podcast. I forget which one it was. Uh, I had no idea that he was like super, super into horror. So, what I'm hoping is that because this is such a passion project for him, that it will come across better. That he'll actually get to stretch himself in a different direction, and we'll see kind of a side of him that he doesn't normally get to play to. And that same thing, the, all the same things that make uh, Key and Peel a fantastic show and made him a great writer for all the comedy stuff that he's done. Uh, I'm hoping will translate into horror I, and. It could fail miserably, though. It could be one of those things where he's like, like when uh, an actor releases an album and they really can't sing, but they're super passionate about music. And you're like, um, stick to acting. It it could be something like, you know, like you said, that they just don't, they don't do a good long form story that translates well to to cinema. That it's more the bite sized chunks is is a little more where their strength is. But well, and it is worth noting that he just wrote and directed this. Uh, he he's not in it. At all, he may pop up like for a second as a cameo or something, but he's not. Other, he's directing other people in this movie, so that you know right. that could maybe contribute to to being a little better. I, I've, I hope that it ends up being really cool and that he does something special that he can be proud of. Because as we said, he is a passionate horror fan, and I want this to be what he wants it to be. Uh, but we'll find out. Just probably not in the theater. <laughs> Mike, this one's probably not up your alley. Nah, nah. either. Nope. <laughs> the only the only thing I I've heard about this one is I I think people are confused whether this is an actual horror movie or if it's a parody. Uh, I think it's going to be something along the lines of uh, Fright Night, where it is a horror movie, but it has humorous elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like a Wayans Brothers movie, which I think. That's the unfortunate racist America that he's going to be fighting against marketing this thing. Yep. Is that people are going, oh, a black guy directed a horror movie. It's got to be another scary movie or whatever. Yeah. And that's not I, what it is. Yeah, I think it'll probably be, or, or even more like, well, I haven't seen Fright Night to, to, to do Have a you comparison. Seen anything? Shut up. I'm getting caught up. We've had this discussion a million times. Uh, not a I'm big seeing, drinker. I. <laughs> Blame Ryan. It's his <laughs> fault. Um, but I was thinking even more like the later Freddy movies had that, like that, the humor in them. So I can see that kind of humor being worked in, uh, like the, the the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of, the fast talking and and the plot synopsis almost looks like uh, a horror twist on Look Who's Coming to Dinner, which uh, I imagine Jordan Peele has a very interesting take on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, the concept sounds solid, and I can. Uh, I I feel like I can see where he's coming from with this, and like I said, I w- I want it to be good. All right, let's uh let's move on to one that I, I don't know if it's surprising or not, but this is another of my most anticipated movies of the year, and that is Beauty and the Beast. I am oh, getting all yeah. like warm and fuzzy and Disney on us, dude. 
I if have you have either of you seen Cinderella, the live action Cinderella? No. It's phenomenal. It is That's what I've heard. It's beautiful. The acting is spot on. Uh it is not corny in any way. It's just a gorgeous fantasy movie. And knowing that Disney nailed that aesthetic with that movie and seeing the trailers for this one uh, and being a fan of, of Emma Watson. I think she was the best part of the Harry Potter movies, and I, I'm anxious to see her doing something completely different. But just this movie looks incredible. It looks like a, an excellent successor to Cinderella, which if, you know, I don't care what kind of, like, tough dude bro you are, uh, if you have any appreciation for movies at all, you owe it to yourself to see the the live action Cinderella that came out. Uh, I think it was 2015, maybe. But yeah, it's I, it's again, it's one that was on my list that I meant to see. I'm a huge mark for all the Disney fans. Like I will, or for all the Disney films, I'll go see all of them um, whenever I can. Uh, I think that one. I think Cinderella slipped off my radar primarily because my nieces didn't live in Atlanta at the time. So I can almost guarantee that I'll be seeing this one uh, the probably the weekend after it's released, and I'll be taking one or all four of my nieces to go see it. <laughs> what about you, Mike? Have you seen Cinderella? Do you have anticipation for this one? Nobody, including myself, would ever confuse me for some macho guy. So, um, <laughs> so I don't think that that's the issue. Um I, and I'm I'm curious, you know. I I I know that uh, Disney is is live actioning a lot of their classic animation movies. Um, so uh, this is um, this is just another one that they're doing, and it looks like this one from the trailers. It looks like this is the best one that I've seen them uh, of them of the ones they've done because they've done. And actually, uh, last year Jungle Book did really well. Uh, I still haven't watched it because. I haven't either. But. I just, I, it, it's, I guess it's like everything that's on Sean's list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess Pete's Dragon didn't do so well for them. So, um, but I, I definitely think that this one, this one did really, this movie is just made to be, I mean, obviously the, the Broadway show did really well. So I think this one is just, uh, like I said, made to be brought to life. And I, it looks, it looks good. From everything I've seen, it looks like they did a great job. It doesn't. It doesn't look like oh, they shouldn't have done that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I will see it in the theater. Uh, probably not. Uh, oh, but, but I think uh, it's a theatrical experience. Watching I Cinderella, right. I was kicking myself for not having seen it in the theater. Yeah, I could see that, and I did. I do remember really, you know. Uh, vividly seeing the animated version in the theaters and that was spectacular because that was a game changer at the time yeah oh yeah so um so yeah i you know it's possible um uh but uh i i you know i'm i'm just interested to see i mean obviously if this is successful they will continue to do so and i'm just you know um you know, I, interested to see like how many of these classics that they just do live action. For. Well, the, I mean, they'll do them all as long as they keep making money. And I, I'll tell you, I was one hundred percent against the idea. Uh, I, I didn't care for the Alice in Wonderland. Um, oh right, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. Uh, 
but once I saw Cinderella, I saw the potential for bringing these stories in a different way. And now I'm excited to see how they can be interpreted in that way, the various stories. I mean, I can see... Like, we have the technology, so yeah, they, they... Yeah, So let's, yeah, do it. Yeah, and it's, on one hand, it's it's obvious that it's just a no-brainer money grab. Like, let's take a oh, sure. really successful story and we'll just do a live-action version of it. However, Disney also has very capable hands, so right. it's not like they're just going to churn out crap. They're going to take care of these properties, and they're going to make sure that they're released and that they're done well. And so in that regard, I'm able to look past the fact that it's a money grab and go, if you give me a really good, you know, if it's done really well, then, yeah, my ass is going to be in the seat every single time. And, and as so far, and even with, I know Pete Dragon wasn't super well-received, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very fun movie. Um, and uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing this as well. Um, and then uh, I may or may not go back to Be Our Guest and get some food, but it's <laughs> don't, not. Don't, don't. As, as, as you learned, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the food is mediocre. The ambiance, at least for dinner, is amazing. The food is still only so-so. Um, so, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go in and go to the bathroom, and then I'll leave. On And I am going to be very, very conflicted on March 17th because not only does Beauty and the Beast come out, but a new movie produced by James Gunn called The Belko Experiment will be released uh, that same day. And I am equally excited, although in a completely different way, for that movie. Uh, especially having just moved for the first time ever, I am now working in an actual office building. Uh, and if you don't know, have you guys seen the trailer for this movie yet? Yes. I am so excited for this. Uh, it, it, the concept is people working in an office building, and all of a sudden, at some point during the day, the whole thing like goes into secure mode. Shutters cover all the windows. All the escapes or, or exits are blocked off. And a voice comes over and says something to the effect of, there are currently 140 people in this building. In five minutes, there need to be 120 or you all die. And it's it's just a fucked up. Uh, I hate to compare it to anything else because I just don't like doing that. But it's it's the uh oh how evil are humans gonna get type of thing. Yeah, the Stanford experiment all over again. I don't know what that is. Enlighten me. Oh, uh, so the Stanford experiment. I think it was the Stanford experiment. Um, oh, Mike, I hope are you you're not wrong. No. Uh, so it was an experiment that was done with, uh, Were yeah, you saying Stanford no, prison he's experiment. not wrong or no, I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It, the Stanford prison <laughs> experiment, it was a, uh, it was done by Stanford university. Um, and, uh, basically they took a bunch of students and assigned them roles. Some as roles as inmates and some with roles as, um, prison guards. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then they kind of just started acting out their roles. Like right, just right. the behaviors ended up being reinforced and they started treating each other like shit. And it's pretty, pretty gnarly. The it's kind of like that, that but, but more murdery. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah there is a, there is a element yes. of, of satire, dark, dark yes. comedy yes. to this. This is not a straight up, uh, Eli Roth horror movie. This is a James Gunn dark, dark, dark comedy. Well, if you've seen, I mean, if you've seen Slither, if you've seen Super, you, you know 
what he's capable of. There's elements, like when you first start watching the trailer, there's elements of the office or office space. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, this is just a quirky office comedy. And then, then like, the yeah, then the alarms start going, and then it turns into something, like, else. This and, is another one of those movies that I would have loved to be able to sit down and watch not knowing anything about it. Yeah. And been totally taken by surprise when everything took a left turn. I, I've Man, I wish Hollywood could get away with that, but I understand why they can't. So I, this this one for me, I mean, I, this is honestly, it's possible I'll be seeing two movies in the theater that day because I, I don't think I could pick between these two as to which one to see. What that's, about you guys? That's well, going to be a very messed up day for you. I I know, right? <laughs> um, what what about what is this? Is this one doing anything for you guys? Uh, it definitely sounds interesting. Um, uh, particularly as someone who works in an office <laughs> with uh, salespeople that uh, sometimes I do or do not get along with. Um, so, and, and I love office space. So weirdly you take office space and turn it into a horror film. And uh, that's kind of, I'm, I'm that cross section of people. That's appealing. What about yeah. you, Mike? Is this too horror-y or has it got just enough? It's, it's too horror-y, but I, I don't know. It's probably going to be one, since I work in an office building too, it's probably going to be one of those things where you kind of have to watch it to get the, because everybody's going to reference it, you know? Right, right. Like, oh, yeah, you're just like, you know, like, you know, the stapler guy, like that has how office <laughs> space become. Like, it's just, it's going to be, I, I got a feeling it's going to be that, like that. So, um, I will probably see it eventually, but, um, I won't run out and see it now. Yeah, I, I I can understand that definitely. Well, and also in your case, waiting for word of mouth is probably a good idea because then you can get a better feel for what the tone really is. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and and you know what? I don't want to be the guy that just says James Gunn all over the place because James Gunn only produced it. Uh, Greg McLean uh, is the director, and James Gunn uh, wrote the screenplay for it. So. Well, it's that's not, the thing. I mean, if Gunn wrote the screenplay, then that's that's a that's a it's a it's a James Gunn movie. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't want to. I hate it when people are like when people leave out the new director because obviously right, right, this right. is James yeah. Gunn's name is on this, but this director was chosen for a reason. Right. All right. Next up, we have something that I said as a joke, without knowing that it was real. Uh, I said, any day now, we're going to see a Chips reboot with Michael Pena as Ponch. <laughs> you willed this into existence. And in the most obvious casting in the history of Hollywood, Michael Pena is Ponch in the Chips film, uh, directed, written, and co-starring Dax Shepard, uh, or Mr. Kristen Bell. And I'm actually kind of excited about it because I like Dax Shepard. I love Michael Pena, as as everybody does. And uh, I, I, I just, I'm all for this kind of thing if it's done with the right mixture of, of reverence and, I don't know that satire is the word, but like, I don't want it to be exactly like 21 Jump Street, but if you can do something that successfully then I'm all for it. And I love Chips as a kid. Chips was one of my dad's shows. Me and dad would sit and watch uh, Chips, A-Team, uh, Magnum P.I. Like this, these uh, late 70s, early 80s shows have, have a special place for me. So I'd love to see. I don't think you could do a serious Chips. Well, I don't know that I'd want to see 
a serious chips. Uh, it's chips for fuck's sake. Nobody should ever do a serious. Well, chips. And that's the thing is like, for but the it was time, serious when you were watching it in the eighties, right? But like, frankly, I'm tired of these comedic looks at shows that were not comedic in back in the day. Right. You know, I, I just I'm I'm over them. I just think it's you know just to be honest, I think it's disrespectful. And I and I don't think that uh, I'm just tired of them because they just it seems to me that they don't know how to do things. So like, oh, let's just take a an 80s property or 70s property and make it funny. And it just like I, I just think it's just been done a hundred times before. You know, same same premise, different uh, actors, and I just I, there's no appeal to me. There's no appeal to me. You want to get my attention? Make a Chips movie that's going to be balls-out cool and action-y and, and make Chips cool. Because Chips used to be cool. But that won't like, happen like, because that's what they did with A-Team and A-Team bombed. Just because it fails doesn't mean that it doesn't... like. It just means that the wrong people oh, are I'm, in charge of it. I'm not saying that that's the right way to look at it i'm saying that's how hollywood's looking at it no no i get it and i get it you know and it, and they make they make money you know i mean 21 jump street made money so act brady bunch made money dragnet even made money and look i'm not i'm not disagreeing with your point of view either like i i feel that way but like they haven't touched anything that i hold dear and done that with like so, I'm not coming from as Woe a guy that's unto like them when they do. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking at this like a guy that's like, oh, you know, I was a big Chips fan and they're ruining it, you know, or whatever. That's not where I'm coming from. But I can only imagine if I like, like if they did that with some show that I really had an investment in and I was really, you know, uh, passionate about, like Star Trek or something. We'll just make it wacky because guess what? That nobody's going to buy that stuff now. Um, I just, yeah, I, and it just is lazy, you know, let's take something that everybody held dear and made, make fun of it for an hour and a half. What, uh, what is, is there one you can think of off the top of your head that is kind of a sacred cow that you'd be pissed off if, if they went after? Well, the, I'll tell you one that they've talked about going after quite a few times and I'm glad it's never happened. And that's the $6 million man. Uh, oh, it's happening with Mark Wahlberg. Back in the day. But I don't know that but it's going to be a comedy. Right. It's been talked about. I remember it was banded around like it was going to be a, a comedy with uh, Chris Rock was attached to it for a while. And then, you know, they were going to it was going to be like, oh, six million dollars doesn't pay for much these days. So they were going to have a lot of fun with it and all that oh, kind of right, stuff. Right. And I was like, just don't do that. And so that now they're going to. Yeah, I've heard that they are trying to do it now whether or not it's actually going to happen or not but i've heard it they're trying to do make a serious attempt at bionics yeah but... the last thing i read was it was it was uh six billion dollar man uh slated for 2018 with mark Wahlberg. yeah uh, like uh, the last thing i read made it seem pretty you know as concrete as as something gets at this point yeah i mean it you know i get it you know people like it it, it you know it's the but i i just um, I don't have much tolerance for it, to be honest with you. Well, and and that's you know I I I totally understand your viewpoint, and and I don't even disagree with it. It's just 
there've been enough times where I've been against this sort of thing. And then I see the movie and I'm like, okay, that was pretty entertaining. Uh, that, that I can't, I can't dismiss it, but I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. All right. Well, let's move on to something, uh, perhaps even more contentious. <laughs> and that's Scarlett Johansson in ghost in the shell. <laughs> What were we saying about racists and Asians? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Well, but here is a stance that I've been maintaining about anime for years is that a large portion of manga and anime is, yes, it originates in Japan, but they're portraying white people. Yes. Like, yeah, they're, they, it's, the, there is a weird thing where they there's a lot of anime characters that aren't native to the country in which the work is produced. Or that they're portraying a far-flung future where races aren't as distinct as they are now, and it's just kind of like they're, they're not specific. I, I don't have, and, and maybe I'm wrong for this, I don't have the same kind of issue with Scarlett Johansson as the major as I do with Matt Damon as colorful samurai king yeah I agree I agree I well and I feel like again uh as a white dude who's a fan of the anime speaking I didn't feel like the character I feel like the character that she's playing is kind of well I never thought of the major as Asian no, 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 exactly. I did I, right. didn't, I really didn't think of her as anything. It was just right. kind of this right. weird, like, she's a robot. Well, like Stephen Colbert, you don't see color. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> just like Colbert. <laughs> just like Colbert. Exactly the same. Um, but no, but the character just kind of felt almost like it, barely even a human, like robot with a human skin. Right, kind of right. Thing. So, so that one didn't, uh, did not sort of trigger anything like the Matt Damon stuff did. Uh, what I'll be interested to see is what changes, if any, they make to the anime because I feel like it's a really, really, really good story. And well, the thing is, though, like it's it's been very fluid over the years. I mean, there have been a lot of different Ghost in the Shell stories, a lot of different manga, a lot of different uh, forms of anime. Like there's been TV shows, there've been one shot movies. So I mean, they can play around with the narrative a good bit. And I think it seems from what I've seen, it looks like they're sort of picking bits and pieces from different places uh okay. the various yeah. ghost in the shell stories and so far the way they've been presenting the movie has so much style and so much cool factor that I've got faith that we're going to see something really neat and special and I could be wrong I could be totally wrong and it's, this is definitely the type of project where it's going to be one or the other uh Mike what what are you seeing from this so far I absolutely hope you're right. I mean, the Ghost in the Shell is one of those special stories. Uh, for even non-anime fans, they're, they're aware of this. They're aware of Akira. And these are two movies that will eventually both get... I mean, Akira's going to be live-action at some point. Yes. Uh, they keep talking about it. Now, you know, if Akira, if they make the main character like some American white dude, little, little boy or something, that probably will be a little bit more controversial. Uh, yes, that's Again, a problem. Yeah, like, the, probably the rationale behind the studio was the same with the Great Wall. It's like, we need uh, a bankable 
white star to be in this in order right. for it to sell around the world. So I get that, but um, like you guys have already said, I do think that this material it's not as um, it's not any sort of like racial issue. Um, and I and I think also. Um, I think it's a role that she could be really good at. I mean, um, uh, very similar to um, uh, what was that uh, Basson movie that she did that was took place in Japan. Um, most of it. In wait, no, are you talking about Lucy? Or are you talking about In the Flesh? Lucy, Lucy. Yeah. Well, I see, mean, I, I see it as a combination of both of those. Yeah, and I think because she was in that, that was her audition for this. Wait, is like, it In the Flesh I, or Under the Skin? Um, I don't know. I I'm talking about Lucy. But. Right, but but both of them. This to me, what she was in both of those movies sort of comes together in this one. I yeah, I can see that. Um, and I and I think she's capable, and I and I think it's in good hands acting wise. I I don't know about the other roles. I haven't I haven't actually seen a trailer or anything like that for this. So as long as uh the the plot is as comprehensible as it can be because some of the ghost in the shell stuff is like I don't understand what's going on here but <laughs> it looks good um, so as long they'll have to dumb it down I think a little bit um, for mainstream audiences but as long as it looks like something that we've never seen before uh, I'm I think this should be special well guys we have come to our stopping point sooner than I expected but we've hit it just in time to avoid talking about King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, so I think that's okay. Son of a bitch, that's the one I'm actually looking forward to. Actually, actually, the next few on the list are probably... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we'll we'll save those for... Let's see. Well, you know what? Let me look real quick. Let me use our friend of the internet and see what kind of dates we're looking at and uh, decide if we'll go a little bit over and save the... Save the rest of them for the next quarter. Uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword is May twelfth, so we're looking at May for this one. So we can definitely record another one of these between now and then. Uh, so let's call this the first quarter of two thousand seventeen. Uh, Ghost in the Shell drops on. Come on, computer. Nineteen ninety five. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah, that's when the original came out. Oh, and going to your point, Mike, uh, in general, I'm I'm that guy that's not a huge fan of anime for the most part. Uh, I, I respect Akira for what it is, and I genuinely like Ghost in the Shell and Battle Angel Alita, and that's about it for me. Uh, so that, you know, I, I am no kind of anime expert or anything. It's just that this is one that I that I do enjoy and like, and it's coming out March 31st, so I think that's actually a good stopping point because we got about a month between releases that we're talking about here. So, out of what we just discussed, if you guys can scan the top portion of that list really quick, uh, what are you most excited about? And uh, since, since I already know, I'll go ahead and start and give you guys just a second to uh, sort of scan it over. I'm going to go ahead and say, if I had to pick one movie out of all of these movies, just that I could only see that one movie, I would go for A Cure for Wellness. Uh, which is, it, it's tough for me, because I don't really know anything about it, but I am banking entirely on Mike Gordon's <laughs> F-bomb endorsement. 
<laughs> of a cure for wellness. I'm making that my pick out of these movies that we have discussed. What about you, Ranger? Uh, if I had to pick just one, I'd, I'm going to be honest. It's going to be Beauty and the Beast uh, out of that out of that list. Um, but I think out of if I was doing top three, Beauty and the Beast, John Wick. No, no, you're not doing top three. You're picking well, then one. just one. Beauty and the Beast. Fuck you. That's all I'm saying. With Mike Gordon, who likes to play by the rules, unlike some <laughs> crazy beard people. Wait, you mean the guy that took DC and spanned it out into DC movies and television and comics? Oh, you're right. You're, you're just playing the Gordon game. <laughs> We've got this. Has got to be this. Has got to be fair. Red Ranger, you go ahead and you name your top three. <laughs> That'll give Mike time to get out from under the bus. I just threw him. <laughs> uh, no, so just yeah. If I was doing top three, it'd be Beauty and the Beast, John Wick, and. Uh, to be honest, guilty pleasure. I'll I'll go see Triple uh, X Resort of Xander Cage just to nice. uh, get a good chuckle at dirt bikes on waves. I, I was tempted to play it safe and say Beauty and the Beast, but that that one's almost too safe. Like I I want a little bit of uncertainty with my one movie that I'm going to see. Uh, Mike, have you had time to make your pick? I have. Out of the the entire list that we've discussed, there's only two that I will see in the theater, and uh, out of those, the main one is Ghost in the Shell. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that and see, that's tough for me because that one, uh, that one's got the uncertainty element too, and it's got the Johansson element. So th- there's a lot there's a lot going for uh, Ghost in the Shell. Well, guys, uh, thank you very much for taking time out to talk once again about events that are happening in 2017. I'm sorry that we lost Beth. Uh, do you want to tell us where you are online and what you are up to uh, this early in the year? Mike, go for it. Uh, absolutely. Well, of course, uh, you can listen to me prattle on uh, uh, on the Earth Station Who and the Earth Station One Network uh, with Earth Station Who, which is a podcast about Doctor Who, and also with the Earth Station One weekly podcast, uh, which we uh, do every week, and we don't really talk about Doctor Who much on that one. So, um, but also um, working on the next issue of Tiki Zombie, as well as a couple of other projects that I'll be ready to announce uh, pretty soon. And um, uh, you can find out all about that information at uh, newlegendmike.com. Where are you on the the New Legend podcast? Uh, yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just haven't gotten angry enough to to start my podcast and and rant about something. Um, although although maybe chips will be it. Uh, <laughs> chips will be the thing that spawns the show. Oh my gosh, that'll <laughs> be the first episode. Like, no, you can't come on. The first episode of the New Legend podcast. Why did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a, a different side of. Uh, uh, new legend mike that no one's seen before and no kidding because uh, you you got i'm glad we're not doing this live because i i feel like i would have been a little nervous with you talking about the the, the sacrilege of the 70s shows <laughs> you got a little volatile there red ranger what are you up to and where can we find you online uh so you can find me you can find the rad rangers radical radcast with ryan online at uh the radcast.simplecast.com I think it's .com, might be .fm. I should probably learn that. Uh, I am on... It does both. help when you're promoting things to know what you're promoting. Right. Uh, however, if they find me on the Instagram at the Rad Ranger, uh, there's a link to 
the podcast in my bio there. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not super active there. Uh, also at the Rad Ranger, and you can go and like the Rad Ranger Facebook fan page. Just search for the Rad Ranger and Facebook. And you can also uh, follow the adventures of Rad Ranger's beard on Instagram. That's at Dagobeard. <laughs> I do need to register that. You, you absolutely and then just should take pictures of Yoda hanging out in my beard I, in different poses. That would probably get more follows than any of the three of us combined. Probably. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, talking about movies again. We will do this uh, maybe in April. We'll we'll continue the list and and see what's coming up. Awesome. Thanks. Sounds good. Later, guys. Later. Remember, ladies and gents, if you love Needless Things, the best way to show your love is to go to NeedlessThingsSite.com and click on that large Amazon box in the top right corner and buy all your goodies from Amazon through the Needless Things website. I don't know what that was. But uh, seriously, go to NeedlessThingsSite.com, click on the big Amazon box, and you don't have to buy the stuff in that box. Just click on it and go in there and buy your socks, your Q-tips, your Wankel rotary engines, uh, Christmas ornaments on clearance, uh, WWE replica belts, flying dragon action figures, a box of bootios perhaps. I'm just looking around at random things in here, you guys. Uh, literally buy whatever you want from Amazon after you click on that box. And Needless Things gets a little kickback that helps us pay the bills around here. It is one of the best ways, one of the best and easiest ways that you can support us. And it doesn't cost you a dime. Not a, a plugged nickel. Not even a wooden nickel. Not even a haypenny. You like that? You like my denominations of, of, well, I guess they're not fake monies. They're just ones that don't, aren't really around anymore. I used to have a wooden nickel. I think I had a buffalo on it, maybe? Is that a thing? A bu- or no, a buffalo nickel and a wooden nickel are two different things. I don't know, you guys. It is so late and I'm so tired. And I want to sit here and listen to Kill Em All. They had all of Metallica's. You can go to Amazon and buy all of Metallica's old albums, or most of them, for five bucks each, including the remasters of Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning. And, and I did that, and I want to listen to them now. But I also want to watch Wayne's World. And I also want to open up uh, some more toys that I still have sitting here from Christmas because I've been so damn busy recording things for you guys because I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.